to XOXO Amanda and Becky talk about Gossip Girl. I'm Amanda. I'm Becky. Today we are, we're really nearing the end here. We are on season six, episode seven. Um, is that right? Yes. And it is called Save the Last Chance. Um, it was directed by Anna Mastro, um, a woman. Um, <laughs> We presume. We don't know how she identifies. Oh my gosh, this is cool. Hold on, my ear is itchy. Sorry, this might be really loud and annoying. Okay, so I'm seeing that she graduated college when she was 19. Da-da-da-damn. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, what is protege? Protege? Is that how it's spelled? P-R-O-T-E-G-E? Yes. Protégé? I feel like it needs more more letters. Okay, this is iconic. She became... Okay, this is... Oh my god, I'm obsessed with her. Okay. A native of Seattle, Washington, Master graduated from the University of Washington at the age of 19. She became a protégé to director <clears throat> Mick G, working as his assistant on the wonderful Sound and Vision productions of... Fast Lane, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, and The O.C. I okay. don't know what what Fast Lane is, but oh my god, it's a show that looks so good. Oh my god, <laughs> this looks so good. Hold on, how have I never heard of this before? Van Ray and Deacon Dequan, is it? There's no I don't. you. Deacon Hayes are two mismatched cops teamed together by shady, sexy police lieutenant Wilhelmina Billy Chambers and a secretive undercover division of the Los Angeles Police Department. Operating with the motto, everything we see is we keep. Everything we keep, we use. Their base of operations is the candy store. What? <laughs> containing a fortune... <laughs> And confiscated cars, clothes, weapons, and everything else needed to blend into the seedy criminal underworld of Los Angeles. Given criminal covers, the officers use all of the resources at their disposal to apprehend dangerous criminals while walking the fine line between cop and criminal. Oh my god. This looks so good. Wow, where, I need to find where it. Where can it, it be watched? I don't know. It aired from... September 18th, 2002 to April 25th, 2003. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it had one season. Um, that's It sounds really sounds good. like... <laughs> anyway. My God. I like it. Everything we steal, we keep. Everything we keep, we use. I love that. <laughs> I need to... How do we get that show re- in a reboot? Um, so this episode of Gossip Girl is... Um, really bad. I thought this episode was really, really bad. And I did, like, Wordle while watching it and stuff like that. It definitely felt like we are toward a conclusion, but not as quickly as I wish that we were. But it's also like they're still introducing, like, new plot twists. It's like, I've already watched this show before. Like, how am I forget? like... The the thing at the end with Dan, I'm like, I feel like Dan's just like Dan is irredeemable. Think, but like, what is Dan really screwing over Serena? I mean, no, because they get married in three episodes. Spoiler alert. Maybe <laughs> they don't get. I don't know. I don't remember. But um, yeah, this episode. How would how do we want to go through this one? Um, let's start with the Chuck stuff even though i feel like this is where the they like are trying to draw our attention it just or we could start with the blair stuff i feel like we should sort of save what's going on with ivy and dan (laughs) those were the two the two twists in this episode that i was like oh my god (laughs) what a choice should we start with Ivy? About, um, oh, God. Amanda's frozen on my end, which means that I am frozen on her end. Did you just, did I just freeze? I can still hear you. Can you hear okay. me? I okay. I can hear you. So, yeah, let's start with Blair. Okay. 
So as you will recall, in the last episode, Blair had the brilliant idea to create like a what is this called when they when it's like Mark by Mark Jacobs? A diffusion line. Amazing. I have never heard that before in my life. I am mm-hmm. so glad that I have you to tell me. So yeah. so this is like Bla- B by Waldorf Designs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's marketed toward juniors, which is like such a funny way to it's such juniors. Outdated, it's not, juniors it, is like what you call that section of the of like a Macy's. It's not yeah, like it's, no. This when is, I this think would, of Mark by Mark Jacobs, I'm not like for juniors. <laughs> no, it would be like considered like contemporary. That's what right. they would call it. It would be like the contemporary diffusion line because like I think Eleanor Waldorf is you know going to be more formal, more luxury um kind of like i think there yeah it seems it's also i have a lot of thoughts about nelly yuki just like appearing like for like 30 seconds at like i'm like doesn't she have anything else to do no this is this is her beat is Waldorf is just she just showed yeah her beat she's like this is like in um all I can think about is she said, which I haven't seen. But what is that other one the, the, about the the sex abuse? The Catholic? spotlight. Yes, yeah, so this is like her spotlight. Stop! That's so dark. <laughs> like she, she just shows up at Blair's studio, like, and will be like, "That's not true," or whatever. She'll just like have a little moment and then leave. And it's like, why are you? Why were you here? Like, who let you in? You did. You had to like sign. Like, oh, this is a really tough. It's really tough when you think about Nellie Yuki because it's like this is somebody who went to Yale, graduated early is working for a prestigious fashion like outlet and is still nursing all of her wounds from high school in a way that is like really desperate. Look, and Nellie Yuki can get it like much more than most of the people on this show. She should be like sowing her oats somewhere. Like, why is she doing this? Yeah. I don't know. It's, strange so Blair Serena comes to make amends with Blair because she wants to make her relationship it's like a whole thing but basically I don't remember what I still don't remember it's it's not it doesn't because it doesn't I don't want to know I don't it's not we don't have to I prefer I don't know (laughs) just that your memory is wiped that's fine I would not remember except that they kept referencing it (laughs) This episode because I think they knew our audience is not going to remember why we were fighting. So Serena, in order to make amends with Blair, hatches a plan whereby she will send a photo of her kissing Stephen to Gossip Girl. And then Sage will that Stephen and Serena, boy, there are a lot of S's in this family. Sage will think that Stephen is back with Serena, and in order to get back at Serena, Sage will work with Blair, so that Blair will something. Anyway, it's hard to say. Blair needs approval from teenage girls. Yes, and there's like a weird scene where Blair, like Blair, like all of a sudden we just get these with this reference to like the five most prestigious like private high schools in New York and there's it's like a it's supposed to be a godfather reference it's just like does not quite um yeah it doesn't quite just doesn't quite um and it's weird (laughs) we're like ooh, this is not this show is just like so when it tries to be fun it's like sadder because it just doesn't hit the mark so we have all these like girls coming to this pop-up at barney's co-op r.i.p um and and then they so sage figures out that serena and steven aren't actually dating and so she gets mad at her little friends 
It's also like, wouldn't... Okay, I don't know what their relationship like is, you know, daughter, father. Like, wouldn't you kind of know if your dad was like... Just not like. Wouldn't you be able to tell? Like, oh, you're not around. Like, what's going? Like, the the like time are these two people spending together slash not spending together? I guess she's in high school, so it's not like she's like hanging out with her dad all the time. Extent to which you have to suspend disbelief in this show is like. I know. I know. Extreme. I don't know why I'm getting hung up on this. Yeah. Don't you can't can't let it trouble you so much. So basically, they all show up, and Sage is like don't buy stuff and like, like say we're that not... it's like ugly because we want right. to fuck over blair so they all go shopping but then it turns out that they all really like the clothes that blair designed and so instead of it being a problem for blair it ends up being good because they all like buy her stuff and it's really popular and everybody's like oh you're gonna succeed it's like yay <laughs> um and it's almost like it's like okay again suspending disbelief if i got invited to like if i were in high school and i got invited to like a private shopping thing i'd be like absolutely i'm going like it's just like i feel like it wouldn't be that hard to convince a bunch of 17 year old girls to go shopping at your thing no um so blair because remember blair and chuck because of their mental illness cannot be together (laughs) i'm like this is like some this is seriously like they there's something wrong with them like this is some weird this is like some obsessive compulsive stuff a hundred percent a hundred percent they have untreated undiagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder because this is like what is what is going to happen or like i don't know if it's exact exactly ocd but it's like something there's like some sort of compulsion or obsession or rumination about this idea that like something is bad is going to happen if i don't accomplish this one task which is basically what a ritual is and i don't i'm not an expert on ocd but my understanding is if you have ocd and you don't complete a ritual. And I'm not just, I know a lot of people are just say, oh, I'm so OCD. I like cleaning my room. It's not what it is. If you don't complete a ritual in OCD, like if you have OCD and you don't complete a ritual, then there is an unfounded anxiety and fear that something bad is going to happen. And that is a very simplified version. I don't know that much about it. I, I, I don't know if I've ever really met anyone who truly has OCD. Except However, for Chuck Bass. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. And it's just like, what is, like, what is going on? Like, this man needs treatment very badly. Like, there's something seriously wrong with him. And remember when Blair felt like she couldn't be with Chuck because she thought that God, like, intervened in his I Like, these people are unwell. They are mentally ill. I know. I know. That was the over. And I think it is just heightened when you when it's so long between episodes. Like, I think that the logic of what they're doing would be a little bit more clear to us if we were watching if we were binge watching these episodes. But because we barely remember why they've made these agreements to begin with the like absurdity of how they are following through on these like fundamentally irrational promises is just heightened for us. Well, if I remember correctly, I mean, I think, yes, you're absolutely right. If I remember correctly, I believe that they wanted to feel some sort of security in their own competence to achieve things independently before, I guess, you know, just falling back on this relationship at the, you know, old age of 22 or 21 is what, I mean, it's just like the idea that they're going to become so it's, I mean, it really does. And I know that we like dig into the show much more and take it much more seriously than anyone should ever take it seriously. But the idea that at age 21, you need to like accomplish like the most significant 
piece of like success or like this big the biggest issue in your life you have to overcome by the time you know to be in this it just like it doesn't make any sense it's also like I don't think anyone watched the show, I hope not, and was like, this is how I'm going to live my life. But it is well, very disturbing to consider, like, no, Blair would not be this, like, no, you're not going to be this successful, like, 99.99% of the time if you choose to start your own business or whatever. The The other thing that really, like, there was a moment where they were talking about the like it girls of 2012 and they like they just like listed a bunch of names that we were supposed to be as an audience we were supposed to be familiar with and i was like i have no fucking idea who those i actually do okay so they i believed they listed stella mccartney i know stella mccartney phoebe god i still can't i just don't know if it's phoebe philo or right she was the which is the creative director at Celine. Um, okay. And she made Celine like a very big deal around this time. And then who was the other person? They were naming designers like, um, God, who was the other one? It was Phoebe, Stella, and someone else. I don't know. But yeah, so they named a couple like design who I did recognize, but I did kind of have to be like, oh yeah, because these these people cycle in and out. Like now it's, you know, I don't, I have no idea what Phoebe Philo is doing. She probably, I'm sure she's still working somewhere, but um, actually, what is she? Where is she working right now? It's going to be embarrassing. I don't work in fashion anymore and I don't know how to pronounce her name. But yes, we, I'm curious though, why did you bring that up specifically? It's because this idea that like, That, like, success is not enduring. and absolutely. That, like, fame is not enduring. And that, like, the people who this show expects us to be familiar with, maybe this is less true in this case, but, like, in many cases are people who we have zero familiarity with and who are, who were just, like, a flash in the pan. But, like, and let's... That's, like, a very consistent thing in this show, which is so interesting that it's, like... Oh, here are these, like, social people who, like, if you're in the know, you know who they are. And it's like, and now none of us know, they didn't, like, become mainstream successes. And they, like, I think, I'm thinking about that, like, that one couple that Blair and Dan had, like, coffee with randomly who, like, had a blog or something. Oh, and then the lady's a lesbian. Yeah. Jenna yeah. Gerben. So I just, like, it was just interesting. Can you vamp for two minutes while I go get an apple juice. Yes, absolutely. Okay, fam is something I am going to say now. Um, I really don't know what I'm going to talk about. Um, I am, I don't know, what do we do with this podcast? Like, I'm kind of sick of doing it. I have to do all the editing, and that's why it probably sounds bad. I also have to post it, which doesn't take that much work. Collectively, it takes, like, an hour to make each episode because we have to record it, and then it takes me, like, ten minutes to edit it, and then it takes me, like, three minutes to upload it. Um, But it's annoying. So what do we do? Like... Does somebody else want to make the episodes for? I'm just asking, like, what should we do with this podcast once we finish? Oh, God. Because it's so annoying to me. The million dollar question. I I think that, like, honestly, we're going to have to take a break because it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's bad. Anyway, okay, so back. Do you have your apple juice? Apple juice. Oh, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. This is a great image I'm seeing on my screen. (laughs) Amanda with a tiny... Is that cold or is it room temp? Cold. Thank God. Oh, I love those tiny straws. (laughs) It's for children. (laughs) It's a juicy juice. Oh my God, wasn't Juicy Juice a sponsor of like pbs or something i feel like there were a lot of juicy juice like maybe there they were like pbs would like to thank juicy juice (laughs) (coughs) i'm okay i always wanted the um the uh god what was the aardvark's name this is so embarrassing 
Arthur. I always wanted Arthur merch from PBS. Remember when they would be like, $59.99 for this like tote bag? And I was like, ooh, I need that tote bag. <laughs> I know, our parents never indulged me in that, unfortunately. Do you remember um, how on Nickelodeon they used to be like, get your parents to call this number and like oh, yeah. order you this like clock that looks like it's covered in slime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I wish iconic i wish the internet didn't exist i yeah i mean yeah (laughs) the world would be a better place anyway (laughs) sorry for that um sorry (laughs) just sorry there would be no podcasts we all would have we no one nothing what would have happened in the pandemic it would have been we all would have like read books i don't know (laughs) Nobody would have learned anything. They would have literally had to cancel school for two years. Yeah, I guess how would that work? No, everyone would have gotten vaccinated, though. That's true. People would not have become anti-vax conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I think everyone would have been vaccinated. Probably would have... Donald Trump never would have been elected. COVID never would have happened. (laughs) Maybe. I feel confident in that. Um, based off no evidence. Yeah. My job would be a lot harder to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, it's, the, the internet is okay, I guess, sometimes. But I think 90% it's bad and, like, 10% it's fine. Yeah. No, 90% bad, 8% it's fine, 2% it's good. <clears throat> I think that the internet makes a lot of things incredibly convenient. In a way that, like, I think that if we, I think that, like, we don't appreciate how much more convenient certain things about our lives are, unless you no, really sit and think about it. But that's the thing. If it's so much more convenient, like, does it even, we just find new problems to make our lives inconvenient. I think we, we, yeah. we take that progress and then make other things more complicated. For to sure. Compensate. For sure. But, like, stuff like, if I had to go into the lab that would be annoying for me yeah but you would yeah but there would be i think there would be benefits if i it would be very expensive to do my job because we do workshops and right now we do workshops with nationwide participation and if we wanted to do those in person we would have to be flying all over the country like, Zoom alone is, frankly, a great boon to humanity. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I feel... I, I feel better about Zoom now that I'm not, like, forced to be on Zoom for, like, social interactions, which is, like, a horrifying thing Yeah, about. that's... That's... That was, like, so depressing that we it, all were, like, <laughs> It was very depressing. I was... Yeah, that was hard. But I also think that, like, if... I don't know. Like, it's chaos theory. It's, like, impossible to say what would have been different. The butterfly effect starring Ashton Kutcher. A very depressing movie. Precisely. Precisely. Anyway. Back to Gossip Girl. (laughs) Will COVID ever end? Who's still wearing masks? Raise your hand. I'm still wearing a mask. Me too. I wear a mask every time I'm indoors. Unless I'm at a restaurant. I wear masks like 75% to like 85% of the time I'm indoors. But if I'm if I'm not eating, I'm wearing and I'm inside I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, if I'm not well, sometimes if I'm at a bar, I won't wear a mask. That's eating. Yeah, eating adjacent and vibing. Putting something into your mouth. Guys. It's not yeah. going to end. It's we're going to need to get annual covid shots. Guys, is everyone still getting their boosters? I know we have like two people listening, but are you getting your boosters? Not getting your booster. Listen, go get your booster. We don't booster. want you listening. Stop listening. Well, no, I mean, if you want to keep listening, you know, go get your booster. I like, I do think that people underestimate how unpleasant it is to have long COVID. And you can have, 
many times. And then all of a sudden you have one variant and it like completely fucks up your whole immune system. Yeah, don't people have like developed like really awful like conditions? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's horrible. I mean, I got COVID for a second time and I literally am like still not convinced I had it because I felt sick for two days and then I felt like better than I normally do. However, I got all my boosters and I did have a different strain over the summer. So it can like, I just, the fact that I got like very like bare, like I felt shitty for like 32 hours. Like not even, like not even a full day and a half. Like I felt weird for like a day basically. I just think that like the long-term effects are not known because we have not Mm -hmm. been living with this disease for very long. And it is better to me to exercise caution. Wearing a mask is such a tiny inconvenience to me. I don't love wearing a mask. No, I I hate it. I find it really unpleasant. However, don't it doesn't bother me that much, but I'm no, also I don't like it. So like okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's I also don't like wearing a bra. But I, I have Yeah, but, I like but wearing it a is bra. To pro, it is to provide safety to me and others, so I keep wearing one. It's for the safety of the community. Yeah, it's for, you know, look, herd immunity. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that was kind of a, anyway, I don't know how we, I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, you, yeah, we just, we went down a rabbit hole. Anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. <clears throat> Gossip. So anyway, Blair, <laughs> whatever. Do we want to deal with Chuck? Yeah, why not? Let's just get it over Chuck, with. Chuck, this is like. This storyline is, like, not interesting to me. Chuck and Bart are competing to get the – to get what Ivy has, which is a microfiche with something incriminating on it. With evidence of Bart's illegal oil trade as, like, it is, like, explicitly stated. But I'm not convinced that's actually what it is because he – he's, like – he alludes to it being something wor- much worse than that, but I'm not oh. sure. Sh- That's how I interpreted something he said. I could be wrong. Mm. So Lily has Rufus. I don't know how to untangle this. Lily ends up with the microfiche because Rufus gives them to her. And for reasons we will explain in a little bit. But um, so... Ivy's thing is like, I don't need money. I want you, meaning Chuck and Bart, to destroy Lily. Lily. Because Ivy hates Lily. And you know what? I also hate Lily. That's not why. Why is because we find out that the person that Ivy called at the end of the last episode. I thought was Georgina. Is Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. (laughs) So... Okay, but it doesn't end there. So she goes over and she, like, it is so, and I was like, wait, isn't that her dad? And then I was like, no. I no, had the same exact <laughs> thought. I was like, no, that's her dad. And I was but like, it's not her dad. It's her, it's her, the person she was pretending to be is dad, who is Charlie. But it, Billy Baldwin is saying he's doing this because Charlie Lola. Lola. Who's Charlie? Charlie was Ivy. <laughs> they were both Charlotte, but Ivy's version of Charlotte was Charlie. Charlie. And oh Lola God, is, is the real Charlotte. Why is her name Lola? Lola, the most obvious <laughs> nickname for Charlotte. <laughs> is is that I'm at kidding. all? Has that ever been a nickname? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what a, what Lola is a nickname for. All I know is that song, La 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 Lola. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only thing I know. Which, isn't that about like a, like a, I don't know. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole that that song is. Anyway, um, I think it's about a crossdresser slash yes, maybe it's a, someone yeah. who's trans maybe in Perhaps. contemporary language. Okay. Um. 
Okay, so, Jesus, where was I? So, Ivy is sleeping with Billy Baldwin, who is Lola's dad, and he is telling Ivy that Lola's, the reason- Lola's dad, and also, lest we not forget, Serena's Serena and dad. Eric's dad. Yeah, and lest we forget Eric. Um, <laughs> so, Serena, oh my god. So, Billy Baldwin is telling Ivy that they need to destroy Lily because of Lola's, because Lola wants to destroy um, Lily for some reason. Charlie, or not Charlie, Ivy doesn't even care. She's just like, I just wanted to take the money and go. Like, I just want to bounce. Like, let's just get out of here. However... This is so, it's like the most, it's like, if, I bet if you went back to the episodes where Ivy first started, whatever this is with Rufus, you'd be like, no, that's like not, that's like this, no, this, they wrote this, like, they wrote this, they had to like figure so out the, how to this like is, squish this in. I yeah, know, this, yeah. that's how the show's written. Um, so Rufus doesn't know, Rufus just finds out that Ivy is cheating on him, but he doesn't have the whole context. What? Rufus doesn't know that Ivy and Billy Baldwin <laughs> do it in his van every Sunday. You don't know this what? song? No. What is it a reference to? It's Scotty Doesn't Know. It's from Eurotrip, I think. Oh, Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, Scotty okay. doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. Anyway, a great yeah, talk time. about talk about culture that we've really kept and hasn't um, that that no who's saying all... that in the movie who Matt Damon oh god that's what that's disturbing anyway <laughs> so so. Lil, so Rufus finds out that Ivy is cheating on him. He doesn't know it's with Billy Baldwin. But he doesn't trust Ivy. He somehow is like, I don't know, somehow backwards, like, finds out that, okay, she has something that Lily wants, and Ivy's trying to fuck over Lily. So then Rufus, being the dumbass he is, returns the microfiche to Lily, and then Chuck comes and is like, Lily, don't, don't do that. Don't throw that in that fake fire. And then she throws it in, the, like, the gas fireplace, and it crumples up and it's like but i really expected okay then we cut to a scene where because sorry i'm serena what serena was going out and i thought serena was going to take the microfiche out of the fire is that i thought no i thought that when um bart calls nate and nate is sad because nate had to fuck over Chuck's plan to get their microfiche because Bart owns like a stake in I don't or he's like an investor or something in the spectator and so if he pulls out the spectator then Nate is like the paper's gonna go under and that's the only thing Nate has going on because the writers can't figure out what to do with him so Nate becomes like an alcoholic at the end of the episode I don't care if this doesn't make any sense to anyone I don't (laughs) care I'm just gonna keep going I thought that when Bart called Nate Nate was going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was just going to, the camera was going to pan over and he was going to have the microfiche like in his hand or something. And I was like, oh, what? That was fake. That was, a, that was, a, that was a, a different microfiche that Lily burned. <laughs> but that's not what happens. Not what happens. I, they have to resolve this somehow. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, kind of this is like honestly the one thing where i'm like what's going on (laughs) also like okay we know that bart has like murdered people correct feels like more important than the fact that he like traded oil during an embargo bart is part is so interesting because like normally bart acts Bart acts like he is coming up in the world and not like he is already. Yes. Oh, you're so right. He acts like 
in like these really shady ways. And like obviously billionaires do act in really shady ways, but they normally do it through like a hundred shell companies. It's not like they're not like going and meeting with a sketchy person. Some person is like deputized to go yes, do the shady absolutely. thing for them. Yes. And they're not like, again, siphoning oil, like, which is what I can only like that episode of It's Always Sunny, which is just all I can think about when we talk about it in him buying oil or trade. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense for like any of like any like what? And I don't think it made sense to the writers either because. Well, also like as an, I mean, like maybe I'm just being stupid, but like as an individual, what are you doing with that oil? Like surely you need a massive oil company. Well, does it just mean that his company like invested in it or something? I don't know. That's not what they made it sound like. It's just not clear to me exactly what any of this means. I think the the writers are like, what's a thing that's illegal that teens won't understand? <laughs> and that also, like, that's why I don't think that that's what, I mean, again, I've watched the show already. I don't remember how it ends. This was, I watched this show in like 2016. So it's been, oh my God. Oh my God, Amanda. It's been like six years since we started this <laughs> So it's been a minute, but I don't think this is going to be the thing that screws over Bart. I think it's going to be something else. I feel like Bart has to die. I don't remember. I will. Can I give you a spoiler? Of course. Yeah, they don't end up. Lily and Bart do not end up together. So he there there's some downfall. I don't remember what it is. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not I don't care what happens to Lily. I hate what's so interesting about this show is that when bad things happen to the characters i don't feel bad about it i'm like that's probably good f- for them that this bad thing is yeah, happening build character nothing else is doing it the writers certainly aren't um okay so then we have serena and dan so serena the thing that's interesting here serena and dan are getting back together and they have to go on this like side quest to become friends with their friends again, because they've betrayed all of their friends. So they like go do that. And then at the end of the episode, they're going to like have sex, I presume. And then Serena leaves to go get champagne, which is like, Oh my God, who like, even if you're, really rich i just it's hard for me to imagine being like hold on like we're having a really sexy moment let me like stop us right now i'm gonna go get a bottle of champagne like i get that it's luxurious and like fancy but like is that is that what you want in that moment i don't know No, it's weird it's not like they're like setting the mood like no they're like about to go to to town on each other (laughs) so anyway as Serena leaves, Georgina calls Dan and Dan is like, Georgina, I can't talk to you right now. I'm about to like write the chapter about Serena. He's and like, then, he's like, I'm with Serena. Like I'm starting my Serena chapter or something. And you're like, oh, what? So, but then I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. These people are bad. And if but they like, hurt why, each other, I don't why. Why is he, like, indebted to Georgina because she knows that he's gossip? Or no, we don't know that yet because that hasn't been revealed yet. Because, well, no, it's because they, like, agreed to work together. Why did he agree to that? I don't understand. Because, George, because Georgina was, like, helpful to him in that moment. <sighs> because, and, like, Dan, I don't really remember. He's a bad person. They're all bad. None of them. There is not a single character on this show who's a good person. I defy you. I'm a single character who you would not absolutely detest in real life if you yeah. knew them. Yeah. There isn't one. They're all bad. Even Nate, who I have stuck up for in the past, has just been like such a such a bummer of a person. He's, he's like very like spineless. 
he's spineless. He's doing things that are unethical. He dated like a 17 year old, which is so fucked up. Yeah, it's creepy and weird. It's so fucked up. It's like, e- whatever. Even if they are 21, it's like you still should not be dating somebody in high school. The gulf between somebody who is in or has graduated from college and somebody who is in high school is so large that no one in their and right it's not mind like they started dating like when they were in high school together oh, it's like it's she's like very much just a high schooler and he is not even in college he's like a no. professional adult like yes. is what we're supposed to understand it's so fucked up um anyway that's the episode <laughs> It sucked. It was it's wild, wild stuff. I expect more from the protege of Mick G, my favorite director. Everyone's favorite auteur, Mick G. Mm-hmm. Mick G. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that show. Any recommendations? Yeah, I just finished Empire of Pain about the oh. Sacklers. Uh huh. Yeah. What you Very think? good. Very very oh, yeah. good. Should very I, good. Should I read it? You should. You should. And I'm going to read his other book. I was just talking to a friend of mine about, um, about it. It's interesting because now since I've read the power broker, every nonfiction book that I read does leave something to be desired for me or like journalistic nonfiction where it's like, I know that Robert Caro would be like here. He's a very minor character, but Here's his whole backstory. Here's like everything. Here's why this You've relationship ever... is important. Yeah. Here's like how he was betrayed in his old age or whatever. And you're like, okay, this person actually isn't that important to the story, but um, really sets the scene. And this book is, it's like long, but again, everything just feels kind of disappointing after a book like The Power Broker. Um, and then I just read Interior Chinatown. Oh, what's that? It is a fiction book, a novel. Um, it's very inventive. It was it was really enjoyable for the most part. Um, I don't it's hard to describe, but it's a quick read. You should check it out if you're looking for a novel. I'm just, I've started, I just literally just now have created a note um, on my notes app for book recommendations because I don't know why I haven't been doing that because it's hard to track. I just have them like saved in my mind and then I forget. Um, anything else noteworthy? I did watch Tickled. <gasps> you did? Oh my god, I can't believe it. was so, did you... so fucked up, Becky. Isn't it crazy? It so fucked up. I was like, I did not put together... Like, you explained it to me, and then I was watching it, and I was like, oh, there people are being... People who are unknowingly doing sex work and are being exploited. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's really crazy. It's insane. And then you, like, see the guy and the, he, they're, like, waiting outside of his, like, condo. Yeah. And then he's, like, dr- that's crazy at the end. The, oh my that God. whole movie, I was, like, so stressed out the whole time because I was, like, I cannot imagine ever confronting somebody, like, with a camera. I, like, would not be cut out for work like that at all. I know, but the the guy, the guy that was, is he, he's Australian, right? He's like a, uh, he's, a ki- he's a Kiwi. Or is he Kiwi? He's new, from New Zealand. He's crazy. I'm obsessed with him. And he was like, oh, they're, I can't do it in a New Zealand accent, but they're like, he, they like, he gets this email that's like calling him a faggot and stuff. And he's like, I had to investigate. (laughs) That was such a weird email. It was nice that he was never like, I was so offended. He was like, that seemed strange to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, it was a movie for sure. No, Stephen was like, Stephen heard about it and was like, you can watch that one by yourself. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. But I did also, we got the PBS. Oh, yeah. You've you've told me about this. Yes. We are are currently going through Inspector, the Inspector Lewis mysteries. What is Inspector Lewis? It's a masterpiece mystery series. Uh, they're like murder mysteries that take place in Oxford. It's very like bucolic, but also like there are murders. <laughs> like that's, it's a real, 
it's a really weird show tonally, but like I love it. I used to Is watch it. Her cute, her cute. No, it's it takes place. Hercule. It takes place. It takes place like in modern times. Oh, okay. Because Liz loves her Poirot. And I was wondering if she was okay, but it's contemporary. Okay. It's contemporary. It's very enjoyable. It's just like really easy watching. It just feels good to watch something that's not like I don't know. I I think I will eventually at least watch parts of like The Last of Us. But oh, yeah, I heard that's good. But I'm not like even to I watch watched that. I watched Stephen play part of the game, and I was like, this is too scary for me. I just, like, don't. I don't know. I'm just, like, uh, uh, I want to see a beautiful, uh, devastating gay love story. Um, That is why you should watch... God, what is that show on HBO Max that I was obsessed with a couple months ago about those lesbians in England? What the fuck oh, is that show called? Oh, uh, something Jack. Gentleman Jack. Oh, Gentleman Jack. That's what... You, Amanda, I can't believe you haven't watched that yet. You would love it. It. okay talk about bucolic i guess it's not really bucolic but it's 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 i think you would really like it the second season i like haven't finished because it kind of like it, it gets a little bit less like interesting because then it's like more about her being like a businessman and you're like oh, okay like whatever <laughs> her being like obsessed with like coal um anyway <laughs> um, what are your recommendations <laughs> I'm still reading. I haven't read that much. Um, I've kind of been slacking on reading um, Deacon King Kong, but it's still awesome. I love it. Like, I, it's really, really good. I don't normally like fiction this much. Mom was like, what is it about? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like about a group of people. Um, still watching P-Valley. I love it. It's so good. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, uh, Liz and I saw M3 again over the weekend. It was okay. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> nearly bad enough to like, it was like, yeah, we also saw it like, I think it would have been more fun if we'd seen it like the weekend it came out, like, you know, seeing it like a month later, it's like not nearly as fun, but it was okay. I had some critiques of there was like a therapist part of the like a therapist like character who I was like this is not how this is not accurate which bothered me, but it was fine. Uh, I don't know. It was fine. I don't know. I don't think you're really missing out on anything by not seeing it. Um, and I've been going through like Auto Straddle's list of like best lesbian movies because I just like always want more like lesbian content in my life. Um, and so I watched this movie Debs, uh, from 2005 that was, like, a parody, essentially, of Charlie's Angels written by, written and directed by this woman, Angela Robinson, who, like, directed a couple episodes of The L Word and is just, like, a lesbian auteur, speaking of auteurs from, speaking of Mick G. And so Have it's you... this... Sorry, go ahead. It's just this movie about this group of they're supposed to be in college I think and they're like it's like Megan Good and um Devin Aoki and weirdly Kid Rock's sister is one of the four main girls main girlies and then Sarah Foster who's David Foster's daughter who was married to Yolanda on Real Houses of Beverly Hills and now is married to Catherine McPhee and they're awful. They're like both like awful Republicans. However, I was like, oh my God, his daughter was playing a lesbian in this movie and Jordana Brewster. And it's a very weird movie. It's like, some of it, it's like what this movie was made for like $5. Like this is a really weird movie. And some of it is genuinely very funny. And like, and it's like 85 minutes long. Have you seen, um, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh my god, yes. It's so good. I love that movie. That was really popular. Really, when I think about who I was friends with in high school, and I'm like, like my friends in high school are watching, but I'm a cheerleader. And I'm like, everyone I've ever been friends with has been a lesbian. 
if I'm friends with you and you're not a lesbian, I want you to think about that. And I want you to really question whether, you know, you just haven't given your sexuality. Examine your roots. Examine your root as in as is discussed in But I'm a Cheerleader. And yeah. also, like, yeah. if you're a man, if you're a cis man who I'm friends with, you might also be a lesbian. I don't want yeah. you to discount the possibility that you might be a trans woman and a lesbian. I just yeah. don't want, I want you to, like, examine yourself and, like, think about mm-hmm. it because... I just have like a very strong track record of only being friends with lesbians. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, Also, Chriselle and G Flip did a great um, spread in Vogue Australia, which I highly recommend looking at and reading. Uh, it's very short. It, it will take you like three minutes to read this article slash interview. Um, and so that's nice. And those are my big, I don't know. I don't know if I have any other big recommendations. I'm trying to think. Anything, anything, anything. Um, I don't know. Going for walks. Sure. It's been, yeah. it's been too cold for me to go for walks, but I think I'm going to pick that back up. When it warms up a little bit. Yeah. It's been frigid. Yeah. But I think we had perhaps, I well, knock on wood, but also not knocking on wood. I think we may have had our like one week of winter. <laughs> really? It was cold for four days. Did it snow? Yes. Hmm. Tomorrow is going to, is tomorrow we have a high of eight. And then next week, we're in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's going on? I don't know. You're the, it's you're not the good. scientist. I'm not a scientist. Do you consider yourself a scientist? No. I'm a, social, I'm a social scientist, but I don't, I despise meteorology. Climatologists are okay, but they're on thin ice, literally and figuratively. <laughs> You hear that meteorologist? We're coming at you. Meteorologist, I'm putting you on blast. Yeah. (laughs) You're on. Yeah, you're on. That's nice. I like that. (laughs) Or they're they're predicting the nice. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's not a thing. Okay. Well, I, we should go. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.